Welcome, everyone, to the Operation Automation Podcast by Omron, where we're talking all things factory automation. My name is Kenny Heidel, and I'm a National Channel Account Manager focusing on channel engagement. Sitting here with me is Carrie Lee. Hi, everyone. I'm Carrie Lee. I'm the Product Manager for Sysmax Studio, NJNX Controllers, and NXIO. Carrie and I are neighbors at our Omron office and would often have conversations at the coffee machine or in the hallways where we would talk about each other's products, new technologies and trends, and of course, the Chicago White Sox. We hope to recreate that time here in our podcast and share it with our listeners so that you can learn along with us. So whether you're pouring yourself your first or your fifth coffee of the day, driving to your first appointment, or just walking the dog, we hope to help you start your day right with a little bit of fun and hopefully you'll learn something new too. Well, and Carrie, we got a pretty special show today. I know we've had a lot of guest shows before, so but this one, everybody's just stuck with uh, you and me. So uh, we are going to have a discussion. I'm trying to think, what was the other song, Carrie, that you had thought of for Into the Unknown? Tom Petty, Great Wide Tom Open. Tom Petty, that's right. Into the Great Wide Open. There it is. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about Into the Unknown. You know, we've had a lot of conversations on this podcast about what it's, what work has been like during the pandemic. So we want to start to focus on moving away from the pandemic topics and getting back to what we saw before as our normal world in, in industrial automation. But I'd be remiss because we haven't let our listeners know what our answers are to the three questions. So Carrie, I'm going to start with you. What is your go-to food order? Well, Kenny, it depends. If I get to pick, I'm going to get some Thai food. There's a really good place two towns down from us. But if I'm not choosing, we're going to have a lot of pizza in our house. But, you know, we're from Chicago, and I don't know about you, but deep dish is only when, when you have visitors. So I'm always going to get a nice tavern crust, square cut, get some sausage on there, maybe some <laughs> mushrooms. How about you? I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. If people come from out of town, everybody says we got to have deep dish. I'm like, all right, fine fine, we can have deep dish. But I couldn't tell you the last time I ordered it just to, to eat with my family. So definitely thin crust. All the Every way. once in a while, right? It's 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 pretty good cold the next yep. morning too. Yep, right? that is true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, so my, my go-to food order would be more a burger place that's not too far north of here that makes fantastic fries. Actually got voted like one of the best fries in the Chicago suburbs. So that's where I go for, for a nice, uh, nice burger and fries is kind of our go-to uh, or we've probably gone there like once a month. All right, let's go for some sponsorships here. What's the name of the place? Burger Social. The Burger Social. Oh, so, nice. Fantastic, fantastic burgers. Is that in Wheaton? It is. It is. They have a sister restaurant out here by me called Burger Local, mm -hmm. and it is excellent. Really mm -hmm. good burgers there. It's a good choice. All right. Social and local. <laughs> Winners all around. Yep. <laughs> All right, Carrie, second hard-hitting question. If you have to get work done, what is your jam music choice? So I like a lot of different music, but in honor of our executive producer, Tad, who's from Washington, I'm going to go with Slater Kinney. Always can put one of their albums on, and it'll help me focus up and get some work done. How about you? Nice. I kind of fall on two spectrums, I'd say. Part of me thinks if I have to do a lot of reading to get that work done, 
then I've actually been thrown on like movie soundtracks. So there's no words, there's there's music going on, but they're like, I always get very distracted in my head when I start to hear lyrics in songs. So throw some uh, orchestral music on and, uh, and crush through the work. If I don't have to put a lot of mental power ahead, Metallica is my favorite band. So I'll usually go find one of their albums and put it on and that'll pump me up to, to get through it. Did you see there's a album coming out of a bunch of different artists are covering Metallica for um, anniversary. It looks pretty cool. I did. I did. I uh, I actually listened to one of them yesterday and it actually sounded pretty cool. I always, I mean, I love their music, right? And it's, I've always enjoyed even when other bands cover other bands' music. Like it's always interesting to hear a different way that people, people play the same song. You big karaoke guy too then? <laughs> back, back, you know, a long time ago long long time ago back uh back when i was much much younger <laughs> what's your karaoke song of metallica no oh, just turned... anybody oh okay i thought you were saying metallica uh, of anybody Ooh. probably throw a little bon jovi in there oh, i would i one. would karaoke metallica too but uh probably some bon jovi in there what about you i mean you gotta go with uh journey for the white Sox. Oh, 2005 gets everybody don't going stop. don't stop believing <laughs> There you go. All right, Kenny, what's your favorite hobby? Uh, my favorite hobby is I would probably say playing golf. Recreational golf is is always fun to me. Even even if you play like junk, it's still enjoyable to be out. You know, I've always played sports most of my life, so it's always enjoyable for me to to get out and compete. Even though golf is usually just competing against yourself, right? <laughs> but uh, um, I'd say my favorite hobby is definitely golf. Other than uh, you know playing with my my two little boys. Nice. What about you? Um, you know, I probably a couple of years ago I would have said going to concerts, but between the pandemic and just getting older, I haven't done that as much as I used to. Uh, but I do collect a lot of vinyl, so music oh, nice. would definitely be kind of a hobby for me, listening to music in different forms. So your favorite jam choice could have been a bunch of different artists. I it would have been too hard to pick. That's why I decided to go with uh, Slater Kinney because we were just talking about them. So gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, hopefully we've given our listeners a little bit more of an insight into us saying that we would actually answer those same three questions <laughs> instead of just grilling our our uh, our guests with them. But all right, let's get uh, let's get down to business. So as we start to look into the unknown and what things are going to be like as the pandemic widens down and things start to open up, what do you think the sales world's going to look like post pandemic? What do you think that sales cycle is going to even look like? Sure. To me, there's a lot of interesting things happening, right? We have the emergence of new technologies, which gives us a different way to interact with our customers. And then going back to some conversations you and I have had in the past about the shifting workforce, right? There was some a study by Merit in 2019 that said, you know, when we're talking business to business, B2B, right? That's what we deal in ourselves. Mm -hmm. 73% of B2B buyers are now millennials, right? So we've got the younger generation coming in and making these buying decisions. And their preference is uh, to communicate with salespeople via email or mm -hmm. phone by almost three to one. So I don't know if you've seen much of that for you because you are starting in a sales role now, right? So sure. Shifting from marketing to sales. Yeah, you know, I've I'll say in shifting to sales, I've definitely even though it has not been very long, I've definitely found myself transitioning a little bit more from email to phone call 
just because, you know, you get a sense where a couple of emails back and forth, someone's asking you a couple of questions that eventually I'm kind of like, I'm just going to pick up the phone and call them because I'm tired of the back and forth emails. Right. Mm -hmm. But I also understand, you know, sometimes it's easier for people to process information sure. via email, right? If I send you an email with a lot of different points, especially if I'm trying to sell you a different automation solution, right? There's a lot of different things that you can put in that email. It gives them a chance to really digest it, think about their application and things like that. So I can I can kind of appreciate both sides, but I I feel like it's going to start to come back, maybe not quite the same as as what it was pre-pandemic, but I think it's going to get pretty close. I think people are going to start to kind of wane a little bit on the on the digital side. And sure, you know, you can always be connected with Zoom meetings and all of that stuff. But I feel like people are itching, you know, just being social creatures, right? I feel like people are itching for more in-person activity. Yeah, I think it's an interesting point, right? Maybe it's going to be more like you said, here's an email with the information for you to digest and then let's get together and talk about it. Because it also comes to that factor of everybody, it seems, is resource strapped now, right? So I can remember in a previous role I had, we would have, you know, vendors come in and they'd want to sit down and have a meeting and you're talking. And I remember that was stressful for me because I had so many other things to do mm -hmm. than sit in an hour, hour and a half long meeting. But there is, like you said, there's value of that conversation and get a feel for where people are. Now, my manager at my previous role, he loved those meetings. He was older and mm -hmm. he loved to be able to sit and have that uh, rapport with the salesperson. So I think it'll, like you said, there's definitely going to need to have that human interaction, get a gauge for how people are feeling. But I mm -hmm. think we're going to continue to shift to be a little bit more efficient with our time than maybe the sales calls of the, the donut runs and let's go out for lunch and all of that. And hopefully what this has taught us too, to piggyback on that is, there were times before when it was, you know, primarily in-person visits and certain activity was held up because of people's schedules to physically be together. Mm -hmm. I think we'll start to see less of that. I think people have identified like there's things that they can do virtually, whether it be certain proof of concepts or, or, you know, video calls, something like that, that can kind of take the place of, all right, well, I need to get back into that customer, but I can't get back there until, you know, if today's Tuesday, I can't get back there till Friday. There might be ways that they can bridge that gap so there's not as much of a sales cycle that's waiting on people's schedules. That's a really good point. I hadn't really thought about that. One of the things too that I was reading along the idea from sales was a lot of the changes, and we, we hear this in a lot of different areas, right? The technology has been in place for a while, whether it's Zoom, whether it's having chat bots on websites, the technology was in place to kind of streamline and leverage uh, technology to be able to have that touch with your customers without it being so labor intensive. But mm -hmm. when everyone had to stay at home, it kind of accelerated that shift. And one of the things I was reading about is, um, especially in distribution, right, where margins are pretty tight, there's been a shift to use um, inside sales more who can touch more customers in a day mm -hmm. and then allow the outside sales reps to really build up their knowledge of their customer and really start to focus on providing value and solutions and really spending that time to understand their customers. It's an interesting shift in that, hey, let's really leverage technology, but at the same time, we're actually probably going to have more intimacy with our customers. I'm interested to see how that shakes out and I suppose, what have you seen with your role working with our distribution channel? 
Sure, sure. Well, I've definitely seen, you know, as things have started to loosen up on restrictions and everything, one key thing I've seen is, you know, when the pandemic started, right, everybody was getting webinar to death. Everybody, you know, especially on the distribution side, right? You got mm-hmm. multiple vendors. So everybody's like, all right, let's take this take this time and take advantage of it. And let's let's give webinars on all these different technologies. And if, you know, from a channel perspective, right? If you're a distributor with multiple different vendors that you represent, now you're getting hit up by all of them for X amount of webinars. And at the beginning, it was good because, hey, I can sharpen my skills. I can learn a little bit more about these mm-hmm. technologies. But I think as things have started to open it up, I think even beyond just distributors, I think even moving into customers, people are webinared out at this point. Like if you're trying to schedule a webinar to to go over a topic, it better be really, really interesting to that customer to be able to sit through it. I kind of feel mm-hmm. like now everybody's kind of just fading on that a little bit. I'm not sure if you've seen a similar thing, you know, from the product management side, giving webinars, if you're seeing similar attendance to what you were, uh, you know, when the pandemic started. Yeah, I think it's a mix. I think that we've gotten better at doing them and more flexible to do them more on demand. So I think the virtual events will continue to be something we work with. But to your point, maybe we can be more targeted and really specific with them and then tying into the live aspect. I just had a request from our um, ATC team to provide some content in preparation for a visit that the customer is going to have. So this way a customer can kind of have an overview of our technologies and solutions Mm -hmm. is almost like a primer, right? And then when they come in, they've kind of seen all that. Going back to your point about sending that Mm -hmm. email and digesting a lot of information, hopefully they'll have digested that, maybe have some questions. And then when they come in person, they've they've already got that background knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty excited for that and interested to see how it shakes out and how the reaction is with the customer. I feel like that's something that maybe, you know, in the past we we for sure would have taken for granted, right? I'm sure you've, you know, you just like me have been on customer calls where you kind of get in and it's like, try to figure out what this uh, customer's pain points are and Mm -hmm. how you can address them with an automation solution. Now I feel like with how reliant we had to become on technology in the virtual world, that it's kind of like we have this other trick up our sleeve that we've been able to practice now for a year. And it would be a shame, right, if you didn't utilize those skills that you've had to use mm-hmm. over that time and just kind of went back into your own ways. 100%. Like using that example of the customer visit, you've been there. Usually it's, hey, we've got a customer coming. Can you talk for half an hour? And then the next person's talking for half an hour and then they're going to go tour. Yep. And depending on wh- where you're at in the schedule, you can tell how glazed over and how much death by PowerPoint that customer's been through. Yep. Where now if we give that video ahead of time and they can watch it at their leisure or watch it and take hopefully take notes and be ready to really drive in and hopefully we'll have better questions and better intimacy this way. Absolutely. And ultimately better for the customer, right? Oh, yeah, they're going to get sure. more out of that. It's going to be more targeted, more towards what they're looking for. So, you know, we're kind of coming out of this pandemic and things are opening up and we're definitely able to get more in-person meetings. We're spending more time at our customers and, you know, internal meetings. What have you noticed that has changed maybe in the way that we're interacting? And what did you realize like, oh, man, I really miss this part of it. I didn't realize how critical that was in the last year that we weren't getting that. I think from a, from a missing out standpoint, I think it's those spontaneous conversations. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like when we're in the zoom world or having lots of 
Teams calls and things like that. Sometimes you can get very robotic. Like I'm going to call Carrie. I'm going to talk to her about A, B, and C, and then I'm going to get off the phone and I'm going to go continue on working based on A, B, and C. And then if I have to call somebody else, I'm going to call them, but I'm only going to talk about A, B, and C. Whereas I feel like the in-person stuff, you know, you have that ability to, to build a relationship with that person. You know, ultimately we're all human, right? So it's that connection, the little spontaneous conversations. I think I miss the most mm -hmm. of like, you know, you're sitting in the lobby with a, with an account manager or somebody from a distributor or even a customer, right? And you're just kind of, you know, spitballing and talking about different things that are going on in your life, as opposed to, it seems like everything in the pandemic side on the virtual side went very straight to, I got to get in, I got to, got to find out my information and I got to get out, right? So, yeah, I mean, I know for me personally, when I'm on the Zoom call, I forget to ask people how they're doing, right? You kind of forget that it's an actual person. It's not just a floating head. I mean, even you and I, I always knew how your kids were doing and mm -hmm. all the, the latest silly thing that they got up to. But now, you know, it's been a year and a half and I forget. We don't have that downtime to talk about the kids anymore, you know? I know. Do you feel like as we start to move back, there's going to be, it kind of goes back a little bit. I think what Mark said too, like you're going to be a lot more intentional about your, your interactions, right? You're going to spend more time and really try to be in the moment a little bit more when you're talking to, to different people, whether it be, you know, coworkers or whether it be distributors or customers. Yeah. I mean, I've noticed even when I go to the grocery store, I try to just say, Hey, how are you doing? How's your day? Like you said, you take for granted and you forget that there's people yep. there. <laughs> yep. You know, we're working from home a lot more. We will be working at home at least part-time for, for the foreseeable future here at Omron. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you've done to accommodate working from home? When the pandemic started, I didn't really have an office at home, or at least it was it was shared amongst myself and my wife. Mm -hmm. You know, as things started to seem like we were going to be remote a lot longer, you know, I've invested in, in a desk and an office chair and things like that. But I've also tried to, you know, from a from a tool perspective and what I try to provide either on the product marketing side to customers or even to, to channel partners is really trying to think about, you know, it gives you a chance to step back and say, like, what am I providing and is it valuable? So I think that's kind of from a mindset standpoint, that's the biggest thing I've I've shifted from. You know, sometimes I feel like before you'd be so focused on I got to get this done. I got to get this done. Right. As opposed to having that opportunity when you're working remote to be able to step back and kind of say like, all right, I've put this together. It's good information, but is it truly valuable? Mm. And is it going to help um, help the customer understand the situation and the solution? Or is it going to help the channel partner understand the the interaction and the, and the, the process involved? What do you think? What have you done to kind of cozy yourself up, I would say, to work in remote? Sure. So from like a when you're talking about content and collateral, one of the things like you mentioned, making sure that the thing is actually valuable and then usable. I worked on a demo with a member of our ATC mm -hmm. team and we were really focused on how can we make this accessible remotely so that anyone can use it, which if we're being honest, we probably should have been thinking about that a couple of years ago. The, yeah. Again, going back to that concept of the technologies there, but it brought it to the front of mind that, hey, someone needs to be able to get this information and they may be in their bedroom or in a closet somewhere hiding from the noisy dogs and, and kids, right? Yeah. Um, so keeping that in mind, as far as like from a personal workspace and um, sanity standpoint, one of the things I had to get used to one was 
it was pretty lonely, yeah. right? Yeah. You're just kind of in a room all day and then you kind of get used to that. And then you're doing other things and you're staring at screens. So I really put my push myself to get into a routine of just at a certain time, just get up and walk away, even if there's still work to do and come yeah. back. And I don't know about you, but I really missed having a commute, which I will never say again <laughs> because I, I'm so thankful to have more time. But that commute of that downtime to turn off from work or, you know, you're driving in, you can start to think about what are you going to do for the day. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the things I've done coincidentally is we have a puppy at my house. So now I make sure the first thing we do in the morning is we go for a really long walk. And I kind of use that as my my commute time. Right. So I'll listen to a podcast, um, usually just ours, <laughs> but sometimes other people's and then kind of sit through and think, OK, what are my three things I want to get done today from a work standpoint? What are the three things, you know, from a personal standpoint, but just using that time to kind of shift. And then at the end of the day, got to take the dog for a walk again. And I try to do a more like lighthearted podcast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I guess I'm really thankful to have the opportunity to be able to, I don't know about you, but it's a lot easier to work out when you're not trying to fit it around an hour and a half worth of driving every day, right? Sure. So that's been a nice, yep. very nice bonus for me. I think I could definitely agree with you on the commute thing. It's that, you know, there's been a couple of times that I've had to drive to the office and I'm always just a little bit of I'm like, wow, I used to do this every day. Yeah. You know? And now it's like I do it maybe once a month. Mm-hmm. And it's a big, big shift in mentality. Um, but, you know, having like a, a five second commute is always is always really enjoyable, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just making some other time to, you know, or even just put some headphones on and blast some Slater Kenny or Metallica. Right. That time to yep. yourself in a in a bubble. So one more main question for you, Carrie. OK. What was your fondest memory of working remote as you think back, you know, Maybe five years from now, you're going to think back on this time. What's been your fondest memory? It can be personal. It can be work-related. But what is what is something you'll look upon and, and think, that was that was kind of cool? From a personal standpoint, the ability to kind of fit, like have a better work-life balance. Mm-hmm. I definitely see the sun more than I have in several years because, you know, I'll take the opportunity if I have just to check emails, sit outside in the backyard, go for a run over lunch, those type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but from an Omron standpoint, I thought that the videos that we did right at the beginning of the pandemic, I thought that was such a cool um, idea that they had. And it was so fun to see people's personalities. And it really felt like it was bringing people together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it it made me appreciative of working at a company like Omron that really tried to take a, a, a tough time and make sure we all were connected during it. Sure. Sure. How about you? So for me, on a personal level, after uh, obviously going to the office all the time, you know, is something I have. I have two young kids. I got to have lunch with them. That's something that I would not have been able to do had the pandemic not happened. And it was something really enjoyable to me because it's something that they would look forward to, something I would look forward to. That you know, you take take a little bit of time out of your day and, and go uh, spend time with your kids when you normal this this wouldn't normally have been the situation that that would happen. That's really nice. From the work side, I think the fondest memory I'll think of is, you know, previously on the product marketing side, you know, you'd have customer visit trips planned out, you know, every few months and everything like that is being able to kind of help a customer through a, a really challenging time. 
but doing it a lot quicker be in the virtual world because you could say, Hey, let's jump on a zoom call like tomorrow and we can, we can walk through it as opposed to being like, well, I, maybe I can get out there and answer that question, but it's going to take me a little bit longer to get to you. Whereas in the virtual world, it seemed like it really sped that up and it really started to, to give you a lot more of a, of rewarding success to say like, Hey, I've helped this customer with this solution and I've done it much, much quicker because we've utilized the technology tools we have. That's a great point. Much better than my video comment, but I still like the videos. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Well, we're kind of winding down to the end of our time here, Kenny. I don't know about you, but I am excited at this new normal. I think we're not just as Omron, not just as two people, but I think in general, people are taking advantage of what they learned from the pandemic, whether it's like you mentioned, not taking things for granted or leveraging technology a little bit more. But I hope that, like you said, we can make sure to take advantage that we're still making those human connections now that we have them and appreciating that time a little bit more. So, yep, it's kind of like hitting the reset button, mm -hmm. right? Like everybody was go, go, go. Everything had been done very similar ways. And then it's kind of, you know, the world gave us a big, big reset button to kind of rethink how we do things. Yep. So I'm I'm excited to see how how things move into the future with the combination of how we used to do things and, and how we, we had to do things in the pandemic. And I think it's going to, I think it's going to drive a lot of, a lot of innovation, and a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting solutions for sure. Yeah. I think we really hit the gas on adopting technology, which I think will be great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Carrie, since we don't have a guest, that means I get to ask you a trivia question. All right. Okay. Is it on the topic or is this going to just be a uh, potpourri? <laughs> Oh, I wish I could say it was potpourri, but it is on the topic. So from a Gallup poll that was taken in January 2021, mm -hmm. what percentage of Americans were always or sometimes working remote as of January of this year? Okay, well, you got to remember there's frontline workers. Uh, let's say 67%, so two thirds. How close am I? It was a good guess. You're pretty close. It's actually 56. Mm. And I'll follow it up with this interesting question. I'll be curious um, of those people that responded that were working remote. What percentage do you think said they would stay remote if given the option? Um, 70% of those people. <laughs> Most people. But, you know, you got the guys who like to chit chat and come into the office and like that routine. So that's what I'm going to say. 70%. 70? On the contrary, 23%. So Really? Yeah. Even though people are working remote, it seems like those that are working remote, the majority of them want to get back to, to going into the office or into their, their facility wherever they were working. Huh. Interesting. I wonder what that will shake out to be where that 56% number will be a year from now. Yeah. It'll be interesting. We should look at that uh, in our follow-up into the unknown. We made it to the unknown podcast. <laughs> Out of the unknown. Out of the unknown. There you go. That's what I was looking for. Thank you, everyone, for joining Kenny and me for the Operation Automation Podcast. If you have topics you would like to hear discussed on future episodes, please send them to our email address, omronnow at omron.com, with podcast idea in the subject line. All of the cool things you learn on this podcast can be found on automation.omron.com. Until next time. We put the fun in factory automation.
What'd you guys think? It was interesting hearing your perspectives about working remote because I think you guys are really good, but I, my my own personal opinions are just totally different. You know, this whole experience has kind of put us all in a level playing field, and mm. I feel like I'm more connected with people um, than I was before. So I don't know. I, I kind of have had a bit of an opposite uh, experience. So um, that makes sense. That'd yeah, be interesting so. to add to the podcast is someone who is mainly remote. I don't know if we could, but that. I think that's an interesting perspective. So because you were pretty much remote before, you actually feel more connected. Is that what you're saying, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, I I remember um, before the pandemic started, uh, you know, we used to do weekly team meetings Monday mornings. And, you Mm -hmm. know, the West Coast Mm -hmm. team, we would all sit in one room. And, you know, the Midwest team, they'd all sit in one room. And we'd all just be on the phone and, you know, talking. And I said, can we turn a camera on or have somebody like turn their <laughs> laptop yeah. camera on so we can like yeah. see everybody? And, you know, that that never happened. And then when the pandemic hit and we all started working remote, you know, we all decided to do our team meetings with cameras on. It was like the first time I had seen some, you know, these people's faces in a, in a really long time. So, you know, Carrie, your comment about just kind of, a, you know, a head on a screen. It's like, well, that was great for me because I didn't even have that for a while. So, uh, you know, it's just interesting, different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.